This is The Animal House on Dubai Today with Suzanne Radford. Brought to you by Royal Cannon. Good morning and welcome to Dubai Today as we throw the doors wide open once again for The Animal House. Dr. Lucinda Natras from DKC Veterinary Clinic and Todd Carson is the managing partner of Dubai Kennels and Cattery and they're both here to take your questions this morning, whether it's to do with your animal's health and diet or their boarding needs. Today we'll also be discussing uh, and focusing on the best way to relocate your pet during the hot summer months. And of course looking at the latest animal news stories including the sudden rise in shark attacks in North Carolina in the last two weeks. You can contact us during the show on 4001 or you can call us and speak to us live in the studio 04-423-1010. Plus as always we'll have our mystery animal competition with a two-month supply of pet food courtesy of Royal Cannon up for grabs. Good morning Dr Good. Lucinda and Todd. You're first. He said your name first. Yes, because I'm more important. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. How are you guys doing? Are you good? Good yeah, morning. No. We're fine. Thank you. Excellent. Nice to be back in the studio with you. Yes. Thank you very much. Welcome yeah. back. Likewise. As a matter of fact. That's right. Thank you. Thank you very much. We were just saying uh, off air, it's busy, busy times at the moment. Everybody's well, flying. Everyone's traveling. Yeah. I mean, uh, every, everybody's sort of planning vacations short and long. So mm. that's what the busiest time of the year for us, for both the shipping and the boarding side. Yeah. And, and uh, we expected the clinic to get a little bit slower at this time of the year because everybody out and in fact we're not seeing that the clinic's well, looking pretty good yeah well really? we have to wait and see i think uh, people are still on the way out though because mm. if i understand correctly there's still some schools that are at are, are going on this week yeah. so i think the real exodus might happen from the yeah week that's after true next but year. we're definitely getting busy yeah. Yeah. Well, there was yeah. 65 000 or so uh, last weekend i don't know what the numbers are predicted uh, for for this coming weekend really yeah no i mean they, th- there's a big focus at the moment they're saying right everybody get their nice and early and mm. uh, and oh, make sure wow. I mean, when people are traveling to, to going back to their home countries for you know a couple of weeks a month whatever mm. it might be do, do people tend to take their pets with them or, or well, is it a case of the, the, just the boarding goes up no, well, no it's uh it's mostly that the boarding goes up but mm. there but there are people who who make inquiries about and sometimes actually take their pets with them the the trouble is is that you know relocating your pet even if it's a short time like that is very yeah. expensive so uh, it can turn your two-week vacation into a significantly more expensive venture if you decide you want to take your pet with you, you yeah know? but I, I do see i've got quite a few clients it that, happens that, definitely they take yeah. their pets you know if they're going for for two months yep they'll go and come back and yep. there, there's some very regular flyers yep. yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah. Yeah. there's some very very well-traveled pets you'd be surprised <laughs> yes, <for sure>. yeah. <laughs> but it's but overall it's still a very small portion of yes, the pet I population agree, yeah. that, that that does that kind of traveling. And what about those people? I'm just wondering, you know, wh- how, what if you've booked it and you're, you're planning to take your pet with you because you are going away for, for a long time, for example? Mm. Uh, how do you know if the, if the pet is fit for flying? Do you, do, sh- is it a good idea to get a checkup? Well, definitely it's mm. a good idea. I mean, some of, some of the countries that you go to require a very rigorous process so that you can be pretty sure uh, that because of the process they're forced to go through that you've checked into your cat, some yeah. of the, or cat or dog or whoever. Mm. But uh, in some places that you may go to, so for example, Canada or the US, uh, the requirements are much uh, simpler uh, and, and you wouldn't really have to put your pet through some kind of a rigorous testing process, but it would be good to get to get it to the vet and make sure that it's happy, happy and healthy and, you know, getting up at 35,000 feet with the air pressure changes and the stresses and so on. Yeah, uh, yeah you want to make sure your pet's in good shape, yeah. And obviously, you know, this time of the year with the heat. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, yeah. that does present risks. Yeah. Uh, certainly for some dog breeds and cat breeds, the, the classically called snub-nosed breeds where yes. they have 
the shortened airways. Those, those animals are at risk for overheating. Oh, really? So, you know, traveling at this time of the year is tricky. Mm. And um, generally, okay. you know, we try and recommend that certainly your animal is fit and healthy mm-hmm. and is able to, you know, cool itself properly. And um, also, if you're going to ship them or fly them, you know, the flight should basically be leaving at late hours of night or early hours in the morning when it's coolest. You don't want to pu- put your dog on a flight at 1 o'clock in the afternoon leaving Dubai. Yeah. So um, all of those, uh, those little things, you know, that you wouldn't think about the rest of the year. But during the summer, you have to take that into account. Yeah, just, just a couple of things about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lucinda is absolutely right, of course. But the advantage of being in Dubai is also the disadvantage. And that is that 95% of any flights you'd be taking are, in fact, leaving between 9 p.m. and 6 a.m. anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're kind of forced by the routine. Yeah. And, and also the, the snub-nosed breed issue, you know, it's, uh, it's absolutely an issue with regard to the heat, but uh, these breeds are also uh, more likely to, to, to suffer a little bit from high degrees of stress. Mm-hmm. So the process of, you know, the noise, the takeoff, the, the landings, the, the cargo areas, is, there's more stress involved. So even if the temperature is not especially high, uh, these animals need to be in good condition because the, they are v- more fragile with regard to the stresses. You know, It's great to have you with us. Uh, we'll, <coughs> we'll talk a bit more later on about the best way to relocate your pet during the summer months. Plus, I know you, you're happy to answer any questions <laughs> that, that uh, our listener has got yep. about their domestic pair or any questions about animals in general. Yep. Uh, text us on 4001. We take phone calls as well. Uh, you guys like talking to people on the phone? Up we, in the studio we, here? We actually haven't. We, have we done that? We've done it once, right? We spoke to one person on, uh, live on the phone once. Let's try and beat that. Let's try let's, and talk let's to get, a Let's get that going. Just people. make it an easy question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't, don't like embarrass us, please. 04423 <laughs> <laughs> That's our phone number. 04423 Send us a text if you, on 4001. If you'd like us to call you back and we can take the call live on air, just put the word text at the end or just give us a call uh, on the phone line as well. Of course, um, every um, uh, Monday we, when we do the animal house we we run uh, our competition yeah what's the animal and we've got three clues which we're going to be giving uh, over the course of the show uh, there's there's a, a two-month supply of uh, royal canning pet food up for grabs as well what's clue number one oh i'm very excited <laughs> i love it when i'm the keeper of the clues <clears throat> and this week i think is pretty cool so mm-hmm. yeah clue number one today's mystery animal is not indigenous to the uae and it is thought that they arrived in containers shipped into the region from Australia. Females are much larger than the males. They have a black body with some red on them, and the stripe on her may be more of an orange than red. This is why this particular type is misidentified in the wild. Okay, so came potentially through from uh, mm, Australia. Australia. Okay, yeah. uh, and so not native to the UA. That's clue number one. Uh, yep. There'll be two more clues coming. Four zero zero one is the number to send your text uh, text uh, guesses through. Uh, plus, we'll take your calls on anything to do with animals as well. Zero four four two three ten ten. But first. Animal news. Yes, uh, lots of news <laughs> always uh, going on. Uh, and uh, something that just uh, caught my eye, um, which um, I, I'm guessing you guys don't deal with sharks. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> uh, ever, <laughs> probably. I, 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 I know some individuals I could describe that way, but, <laughs> yeah. but otherwise, no. <laughs> <laughs> You're not live on air. Not live. Uh, there's, there's been, um, uh, tragically, there's been um, six shark attacks uh, in North Carolina over the last two weeks. The last 
last person that was um, attacked was a 17-year-old boy, um, and he was ended up being airlifted to hospital. He'd been bitten on his hands, uh, um, his his calf, and um, mm. in a couple of other places it's as gluteus well. Gluteus region. Yes, his gluteus region. Mm. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, and, uh, and and obviously, you know, this this is a rise. This is a spike in mm. in shark attacks. It's taking place in North Carolina. I mean, a cu- couple of questions kind of come up from it. Well, why why the rise? But mm. what should can we do about it? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to have to disappoint you and remind <laughs> you that both of us are uh, so-called expert on pets and yes. not sharks. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so from there we'll move forward. <laughs> you know, uh, look, uh, uh, every every few years or every half decade or every decade, I can't remember anymore. Mm. Uh, you get you get um, you get news of a spike of attacks in some region or the world or another. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in my uh, in my compulsive cynicism, I'm afraid I, I think that first of all, obviously, it's not a, a good thing that's happened. But I, I don't think that we're dealing with any particularly significant spike. We're probably just dealing with a, another incidental spike, and we'll see another one in five years and so on. I, I, I think so. I, I would be interested to know if they've ever had you know problems with shark attacks in these regions before, because mm. you know I. I Yes, they have, yeah. Have they? Yeah, okay, because the waters are, the waters are sharky. Yeah, I come from South Africa, and there are regions there where waters are extremely sharky to the point where there's shark nets, and mm. there's, quite a, there's quite a system in place to spot sharks. And, to you know, I remember as a kid being told to get out the water yeah. because, shark, you know. Mm. So it also begs the question of how much, you know, control is going on or how much mm. management is actually going on of it mm. because it's, it's pretty easy to spot the sharks from the air. And yes. usually, you know, then the, the radio messages, you know, get out. There's a great white circling off this, mm. you know. So um, what I find interesting about this is a lot of the attacks are happening in shallow water. Yes. You know, uh, people literally with their kids in the waves mm. sort of up children, to chest height. Children particularly That's, as well, yeah. That, that, is, that is quite uh, scary, I yeah, think. Yeah, th- a 13-year-old you, you, uh, yes. girl and a 16-year-old boy um, Both lost, lost their arm. left, terrible, left, eh? left yeah. arms as well. Terrible. Joe, you were saying, uh, you telling me earlier that you were, you were swimming when you were a kid and you saw, either was a, or was it a child? Yeah, or? we were we were. Actually, in Cape Town on holiday ah, right. many, many See, years Africa. ago, and in South Africa, and um, we'd spent the day at the beach. And helicopters had been circling overhead during the day. And later on in the evening, on the local news, they said they'd spotted sharks in the terrible. water, but mm. we were still swimming in the sea. Yeah. <laughs> That's so just we were the, safe. it is upsetting to think about it. I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I probably shouldn't go there and probably shouldn't take you all there, mm. but I mean, I do when I hear these stories, I reflect on the actual experience of being in the water and being attacked well, in that way. Phobias. It must be absolutely frightening beyond yeah. frightening, you know? Mm. You see, I, I always used to feel if my feet are on the ground, I'm okay. But as soon as I, as a kid, when I was swimming in the sea and I'm off the ground, that's when I started yes. those phobias, phobias of jaws yeah. arriving. But these mm. stories, well, that's happening but in shallow is, water. It, it does raise, just quickly, because we've got to go to the break, but it does, it does kind of raise that issue of, well... <laughs> what should we do should we cull sharks or you know should we try and make you know if, if sharks are coming into shallow waters where people are swimming mm. should we actually be going and there's I mean I guess there's, an, there's obviously an argument on both sides well there's a problem with the shark nets too because shark nets are largely outlawed now because of the damage they do to turtles and dolphins mm-hmm. yeah. and I mean as well as not a very humanitarian way of killing sharks yeah. right? not killing just stopping get, them well but if they get them, caught yeah. in nets and so yeah. on right yeah. but so I mean that obviously is not really 
okay anymore. Like, mm. what, what, what options do but you I, have? I, don't, I know you have to go on the break, but yeah. I, I don't think that culling is going to solve the problem mm. because it's about behavior. It's not about population. Mm-hmm. And I think generally it's regarded that sharks are not particularly endangered, but I don't think that they're overpopulated either. So mm. I, my guess is that it's not really about culling. It's more about, I think, what Lucinda was describing, and that is in populated areas doing more to, con- to try to control it in some way. Maybe just stop swimming in the sea. Yeah. Or well, come to Dubai. There are no sharks here. Absolutely. <laughs> let us let us know. I mean, when you, you, people traveling or going on holiday, going to Australia, going to a Cape Town, Joe was talking about there. You know, are you, do you, does, is this a factor for you when you're planning your holiday? You think, oh, God, I'd love a beach holiday, but I don't want to go in the well, ocean. Well, when I was young, my parents um, adventurously allowed me to see Jaws. Mm. And it petrified me so profoundly that I was unable to take a bath for years afterwards. Can you believe it? Mm. I mean... I mean, I'm pathetic, Swimming right? Pools, that, that is pretty pathetic. That's not very manly. No, it's not. Really? No, no. Yeah. Thankfully, I've grown up. <laughs> thankfully, I've grown up and become extraordinarily manly since. Uh, okay. I, I've not heard yeah. the bath. I've, I, for me, the, the jaws made me not want to get into a swimming pool. Yes, yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll admit to that. The Guys, we, we, we've got to go to a break. Okay, uh, loads more news <laughs> stories uh, to come. Plus, uh, lots of questions coming in as well to four zero zero one. We'll take your calls as well. Zero four four two three ten ten. Stay with us. The Animal House on Dubai Today, in association with Royal Cannon, the trusted expert in nutrition for your cat and dog. Yes, you're listening to The Animal House, taking your questions to uh, 4001. Claire texted in and says, how can I tell if my dog's had a seizure and uh, what could be causing the seizures? We'll come to that uh, in just a little while. But we're also running competition uh, today. We're giving you uh, the chance to win a two-month supply of Royal Cannon pet food. But you need to press a button which didn't play you need oh. to guess the animal that's, <laughs> that's right. what you need to do Clue number two <laughs> today's mystery animal usually live very close to where humans live mm-hmm. and it isn't really understood why this is the case they are found in sheds garages and outdoor piles of wood or debris mm-hmm. no the mystery animal is not ray <laughs> <laughs> They don't like to be disrupted, which is why human storage areas are perfect for them. (laughs) Okay, so that's clue number two. Uh, Actually, we're getting a a lot of correct answers in so far. Seems like a lot of people knew it from the first clue, but if you didn't, uh, hopefully you'll get it from the second clue. 4001, uh, get your entry into us nice and quick. One last clue coming uh, just after half past 11 as well. Uh, let's Let's see if this button plays. It does! Animal news. Oh, yes. Joe, what have you got? Well, this is hot off the press, Mm -hmm. and it happened yesterday in Japan, and Mm -hmm. 3,000 people attended a cat's funeral. Oh, really? Wow. I know. (laughs) Um, It's the most famous cat in Japan, clearly, because Mm. 3,000 people attended the Mm. funeral, and basically this cat was awarded the position of honorary station master of a failing... Uh, railway station which was losing about four million dollars a year Mm. because of so few passengers traveling along that railway line Mm -hmm. and this cat decided to adopt the station so they made it the honorary station master gave it a gave it a hat and many many people flocked to visit the station master and it boosted the station master yes the cat and it boosted the local economy by an estimated 8.9 million dollars wow 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 talk about anthropomorphism eh? how many did you say went to the funeral 3,000. 3,000. That's a decent number. That's pretty good. More than will come to mind. That's for sure. And so the cat's dedication has earned her the posthumous status of a Shinto goddess. Oh. Um, And 
so she was really honoured yesterday in her funeral. But happily, the station's association with cats won't end. Mm -hmm. And Ah. the firm has said that it has chosen an apprentice of the same breed, named her Nitama, and that's her replacement. Very nice. So what a story. Wow. Yeah, okay. The the question that springs to my mind is how did they make the cat keep a hat? Yes. I will, yeah. I will, Staples, I will, oh, Todd, yeah, you can always rely on Todd, look, there's a picture there, yeah, Thank I will you. post, I will post a picture online now, and link it with a picture okay. of her, because oh. she's a beauty, and she was 16 years old in cat years, which is 80 in human years, so she had a good life, she did, I, I didn't even know that cats had funerals, so there you uh, go, neither you, did you, I, you, you know this is a conquest of marketing, right, I mean, it's, this yeah. is, but this I think it's pretty clever, don't you, I mean, they've, they've saved the railway station, yeah. they have, they have, yeah, venerated pet um here's, here's an interesting story which i spotted um which about um a boy scout and now we expect boy scouts to do nice things don't we but you, you kind of think they're gonna um raise money for human beings but what this uh, young man has done in the states is he um has raised some money and he's bought a bunch of animal oxygen masks which he's then donated to all of his local fire departments um mm. which is a, a new thing on me uh, mentioned it to you guys it's, but you say it's fairly common for fire departments to take uh, oxygen masks for animals with them well not no not specifically for animals what what okay. is quite common is for firefighters to give animals that have got smoke inhalation from oxygen their own right. from yeah. the because you know they carry oxygen with them and um because they when they go into the fire they need to have oxygen themselves yeah. and it's uh, quite common that they give animals oxygen like i'm sure they would people and then obviously when the paramedics arrive the mm-hmm. paramedics also do the same thing i mean it's it's quite it's, it's quite surprising how often a paramedics and rescue workers yeah. are actually doing stuff to animals because obviously they're involved in household catastrophes too yeah. but i think it's quite cool what this little guy's done because you know, there's not specific oxygen masks for animals, but, you know, there are masks of a certain shape that yeah, actually yeah. allow the longer nose of dogs and whatever and the shorter faces of cats to be used. So I think it's quite a good idea. Well, yeah. I think nice story. Yeah, very I, Boy Scoutish. It's very, very lovely. Yes. I think, I think in, in practical terms, though, when a firefighter is going to need such a mask... Uh, they're they're not going to be carrying them on them. No, they'll so probably have them on the truck, though. Yeah, but my point is that you don't run back to the truck to get the oxygen. No, but mask, I th- th- the so idea is they'll drag the animal out and give it oxygen yeah, outside maybe, yeah. the fire. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah, true, so yeah. I think no, it's very, yeah, very sweet. Todd, yeah. well, don't be so cynical. No, well, I mean, <laughs> they interviewed one of the um, firefighters who'd received these, and he said, look, you know, it's just quite frankly the specific animal masks. Mm. They're not in the budget. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> you know, we worry not. about the humans. But he, he the, the money was raised through one of these uh, GoFundMe pages, which I'm sure you guys have heard of and he called it the canine o2 project oh cool so i, I think it's a nice thing uh, it's a good thing i think we'll see more of that yeah, yeah that's nice absolutely uh, lots of questions coming in uh, to uh, 4001 um we've taken uh, you guys are saying one call in the past i definitely want to take two phone calls today okay? i want to <laughs> beat that so zero four four two three ten ten uh let's do this the animal clinic. Okay, I mentioned we had a, a question here from Claire. Mm. Uh, Claire's texted. She says, "How can I tell if my dog has had a seizure, and what could be causing the seizures?" Oh, wow, that's quite a complicated question. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, th- the typical uh, form of seizure that people refer to is is, is the grand mal seizure, where and and like people, animals lose consciousness. Mm-hmm. So one of the key things, if your dog or cat is is doing something funny, and you think, "Is this a seizure or not?" Um, if they're actually losing consciousness, like literally they, they slip away from you mentally mm-hmm. and they're not awake and they're mm-hmm. in, a, in, a, in, a, in a different mental state, um, obviously 
often collapsed on the ground. Um, sometimes they can urinate or defecate. Yeah. Sometimes they go stiff or rigid. Sometimes their jaws wiggle around. Sometimes they salivate. There's all different presentations of it. But the key thing with the grand mal fit is obviously the loss of consciousness and um, often bladder or bowel control. So, so if that is happening, I would pretty much be sure that it is a seizure. Um, the other thing it could be, obviously, is fainting or syncope, which some animals get. And that's not quite the same thing, mm. but can often be confused. So uh, if, if it's happening to your pet, you know, in this modern age with phones with videos on them, try and get someone to take a video. Because if you show that to your vet, your vet will be able to tell you exactly what's going on. Yeah. Um, obviously, uh, seizures need to be investigated and possibly treated. Because if they are happening at a certain frequency, medication is needed. Um, but that obviously is a question for your vet to look at. Um, but causes, if it's a young dog, uh, it could just be what we call idiopathic epilepsy, which means we are idiots because we do not know the reason <laughs> and it just happens. So, um, and th- that's the same with, with humans. You can just be epileptic for whatever reason mm. and may need treatment. But other times seizures can be because of metabolic problems, perhaps. There's low blood glucose, for example, blood sugar, or if there's increase in toxins in the blood because of organ problems. Mm-hmm. Um, or sometimes if there's actually a lesion in the brain, like mm. perhaps a cyst or a growth or there's been uh, some sort of lack of blood supply that can cause a scar that can also cause seizures so it's a big complicated issue um, and definitely you know if you're struggling with it or you're worried about it you should see your vet and yeah videos are really 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 helpful I was getting the impression from Claire's text uh, here that she's coming home and kind of thinking there might be some there might be signs that the seizure has happened while nobody's been present it, ah, would okay, you be well able to pick up on that it's very difficult you mentioned uh, the defecation there obviously well obviously yes but i mean but if she's concerned you know she, there, there's there's cheap home video system you can, put in yeah. you can put in nanny cams and, and watch, yeah. that might, might be something to do yeah i mean she may be coming home that. and finding her dog like in a sort of an altered mental state because yeah. sometimes after a big fit you know they can be quite exhausted and be a little bit not quite with it and yeah. possibly maybe she's seen salivation or defecation yeah. and, and and another um, couple of options uh, are that she could possibly uh, put her dog into a, a good boarding facility mm-hmm. and specifically get them to monitor if she's yeah. unable to do that as or well even as, at the vet? as well as into the veterinary clinic, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah. Good. Uh, keep quest- questions coming into 4001. Lots of questions uh, in the waiting room uh, for our experts to answer 4001 or 404 uh, uh, We're going to go to the news headlines and then we'll be returning with more of your questions. This is The Animal House on Dubai Today with Suzanne Radford. Brought to you by Royal Cannon. The Animal Clinic. Yeah, we're taking your uh, questions uh, to 4001. And uh, just before we um, go through uh, some of your questions that have been texted in, just to give you a reminder that we're giving away a 500 dirham voucher for the Iftar Dana Accents, which is the new restaurant uh, at the Intercontinental Dubai Marina. Uh, 500 dirhams will get you an Iftar for three people. I went down there myself last Saturday. It was really, really nice. And um, uh, all you need to do, if you want to get a chance of winning that prize, is get involved in today's show. Send us a text on any of the topics that we're discussing and just put the word iftar at the end of your text along with your name to let us know that you'd like to be involved in the draw Uh, like I said lots of texts coming in an anonymous text here says uh, what's the process to take rescue dogs back to Australia Todd uh, well, it's great that you have a rescue dog, I, I presume, and that you want to take him back to Australia, but the process for doing so uh, 
has nothing to do with whether or not the dog is a rescue dog. Mm -hmm. So it's the same process for any animal coming in. And um, depending on when you want to leave, you may need to hurry up and get started because the mm -hmm. process of uh, getting an animal from Dubai and into Australia will take you at least six or seven months, if wow. not longer. Mm. There's blood tests and uh, veterinary visits and reports and results that all need to be put together. So uh, quarantine needs to be reserved and they're so busy in Australia and there's only one central quarantine station so you need to book well in advance and it's a pretty complicated process you can do it on your own uh, and if you do an awful lot of reading you might be able to get your head around it all and get it done uh, unfortunately I have to advise with with Australia and New Zealand that you try to come up with the money to get a, a shipping agent involved because mm -hmm. uh, their experience will uh, definitely uh, help you avoid a lot of potential mistakes and errors along the way why is it so complicated it's a six or seven month process is it the R word? Is it rabies? Is that the big concern, or are there uh, other no, things? No, no, actually, rabies uh, is one of the concerns. rabies is one of the concerns. There's a whole lot of diseases, yeah. you know. Uh, you have to go through yeah. a step-by-step -step process, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it starts right. with rabies, and that has to be mm. done X amount of months before, and then mm. 30 days before, you've got to rule out a whole lot of other diseases, and then you know you've got to treat them for ticks and tapeworm, because basically the long, the, the long and the short of it is Australia don't want importing diseases, mm -hmm. so they need to be sure the animal's free of parasites and is free of certain antibodies or, uh, you know levels in the blood so uh yeah it, it uh, is complicated and, and new zealand is even more complicated because i yeah. think new zealand's really even a tiny island yeah. they just can't afford to have yeah. a disease arrive but new zealand and australia are the two most demanding countries to uh <coughs> to export yes, to in the, in the world uh and uh it's it's certainly not uh, as complicated or as time consuming or as long a timeline uh for many other countries it really depends on where you're going Mm, okay. Um, uh, more questions coming in here as well. Um, uh, hi, I've adopted a third rescue cat, and I need advice on integrating uh, it with my other two cats. My existing cats are young girls, and the new addition is a one-year-old male. That's from Alan. Ha, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cats, <laughs> cats are tricky, um, and it's it's it's... It's difficult to know exactly what to do, but basically I would assume your one-year-old male has been castrated because that, that would be a good starting point to make sure that, you know, that's been taken care of. And um, basically your two young girls probably obviously get on and they know each other quite well, so the, the interloper is coming to the house to upset the apple cart there. Um, I would introduce them slowly. Firstly, get the new male used to your apartment or house so put him in a room on his own where he can settle down with his bed and his litter box and his food and once he is showing signs of being pretty relaxed in that room and not looking like he wants to head for the hills at mm. in any possible turn then it's possible that you could you know start letting him out into the rest of the house but um when you you have the two girls together to introduce to him you should be pre present and let them sniff each other out and judge the reaction and if there is a lot of, lot of stress and anxiety and hissing and spitting you know give them a, a couple of minutes together but then separate them again and slowly introduce them so that you can actually see how it's going it might be that they actually all get on fine or it might be that it takes six weeks or it might be that it takes six months or it might be that they never get on you, you, there's actually no hard and fast rule yeah. about it there are lots of little things you can introduce such as their pheromone sprays and pet remedy sprays that kind of uh, uh, allow animals to feel more relaxed those you could talk to your vet about uh, using because I do find that they're helpful there's also various diets that have tryptophan in it that help calm the cats as well mm. um so yeah i would go slowly but first get him relaxed in the apartment before you start 
introducing the females as well. And um, it's really yeah, about it's, it's really it's, about it's territory, you know. It's territory you know? And, 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 and space and how they get on with one another. And yeah, um, yeah it, it's it's a little bit of a, uh, a gamble, but I, and I can't really predict how it'll turn out. But generally, they all end up okay in the w- end. Would you do it? Um, would you juice, introduce him to the ladies at the same time, or would would it be a boy girl and then bring the other girl in or swap I them would, around? I would possibly introduce him to the ladies at the same time. Okay, because the ladies are probably used to being together. Mm. If you now take one out and it's away from its little mate, and it's, I think that that's creating stress. You try and minimise stress, so don't change as much as possible. He mm-hmm. needs to, I think, adapt, mm-hmm. and then he needs to be introduced to the girls, and then that needs to be given some respect and time, and, and see how it goes. Just but if he hasn't been castrated, you should get that done. Get that done quick smart. Yes, yep. quick smart. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hormones are a real uh, <laughs> complicating factor. Just going back to the uh, text we had for the, um, I'm assuming it's a gentleman who was uh, asking about taking a dog uh, through to Australia. Mm. Uh, following your advice, mm. uh, text back in saying, uh, okay, they will stay here then. <laughs> 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 yeah, it is, a, it, is, it is a big deal. It is really. <laughs> but the, t- today, today we did want to focus on that topic, didn't we? we wanted to yeah. look at the best way that you can uh, relocate a pet during during the summer months. Yeah, the the I I mean I need to I need to focus on the way in which the question is phrased. Yeah. the best way to do it during the summer. Uh, it's 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 not it's not really quite the way to explain it um mm-hmm. uh, look there's a best and, and not a best way to to ship animals generally uh you can absolutely ship animals at any time of the year. There are a few countries uh, and locations within countries around the world that actually have uh, embargoes on importing animals into their region during certain summer months. Oh, really? Yeah, in America, there are a couple of regions in the south where uh, once the temperature hits, I think it's 80 or 85 degrees Fahrenheit, uh, f- until the temperature uh, subsides again, they, they actually don't allow an, the import of animals. Um, but, but I actually, uh, you know, I think that that is uh, a choice that doesn't need to be made. Uh, certainly in Dubai, where the temperature year-round can be a threat to all of us, uh, they've got the systems and the procedures and the equipment in place so that uh, the, the heat is not uh, a, a decisive factor. It's, they've decided that it's not going to it's not going to inhibit the shipment of animals. It's going to determine how we handle it. And mm. so all the and vehicles. And also, what types of animals are shipped? I mean, you know, the, the snub-nosed breeds are uh, a concern. Yeah, they definitely they yeah. definitely are. But but the concern doesn't mean that it can't. That happen. it can't happen. Yeah. So all the all the vehicles that are transporting animals from the cargo terminal terminals or the passenger terminals to to the aircraft and so on are properly air conditioned. Staff are supposed to be, and I think they are trained that animals are the last ones onto the aircraft yeah. and the first ones off the aircraft. Mm-hmm. Um, so things like that. So you know, it kind of gets it gets it gets back mostly to about. Uh, the fitness of the animal to travel uh, and making sure that, that you're doing what you can to... And that the travel box is built properly and well, the travel right crates, size. Well, travel crates are critical. Yep, uh, because of ventilation. Because too. of ventilation, exactly right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, these things are true regardless of the time of year. Mm. I mean, you mentioned, okay, if I want to take, we want to take a dog to Australia, it's going to take six, seven months. Mm. Is it always that kind of length of period? Tell me if I'm absolutely uh, lost my mind with this one no. but I heard that you can take some pets onto onto the plane yeah that Johnny is Johnny Depp went into Australia in a day on his own <laughs> yes. yes and his, his animals his got plane. shipped home and then he got shipped out <laughs> look, so. look there, there are um, 
excuse me, I just um, mm. choked on my own <laughs> air. Uh, there, there are, there, there are some airlines uh, that, under a certain circumstance, was a certain circumstances will allow you to take certain types of uh, small pet into the cabin with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lufthansa is one of them, and uh, but I couldn't, I don't know enough to tell you exactly which routes they allow. But it's it's generally not something that is allowed by pretty much every airline, uh, particularly every major airline. Mm-hmm. And in going into certain countries, uh, you wouldn't be allowed to do that because, not because of the airline, but because of the governmental requirement that it comes in as a cargo shipment. What about home quarantine as well? Somebody's texted in saying, um, quarantine at home can be done six months before leaving the country. I did it with my cat before moving to Hawaii yeah. from Germany. Again, that entirely yeah, and, and and that entirely is dependent on the requirements from the government of the country mm. that you are traveling to. Yeah. Okay. So some of them will allow that type of thing, and some of them will not. And if they do, they will inevitably require some kinds of certificates from a supervising veterinarian or whatever that say what has supposed to have happened mm. has in that indeed happened. Yeah. Lots of questions uh, come into a four zero zero one let's just give the last clue what's the animal clue number three I think I should read this really fast because it seems like everyone's got the answer <laughs> <laughs> today's mystery animal is often mistaken for the deadly black widow and even though it isn't as deadly as a black widow you still have to be very careful of it the young have white coloring on them and their venom can be just as strong a bite from the mystery animal is very dangerous the bite location swells up quickly and can be painful most medical facilities have an anti-venom that they can administer, and if this is done fast, then the patient has a very good chance of a full recovery. Okay, so that was your third and final, final clue. clue. Yep. Um, you, you could win, if you get this right, uh, a two-month supply of Royal Cannon uh, pet food. Uh, 4001 is the number to send it to. Uh, Russ said hedgehog. Oh, um, my goodness. I didn't know hedgehogs were that dangerous. So, wow. did, so did Lynn. So did Amal. A bunch of people said hedgehog. Somebody said pigeons. Don't be embarrassed, folks. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Pigeons. But, but most of the uh, most of the other answers that are coming through are correct. Uh, if you would like to get involved in today's competition, you've got about 15 minutes. Uh, get us your uh, um, answer in. And if it's uh, in, in the correct uh, pool, we'll draw a random winner before midday. The Animal House on Dubai Today, in association with Royal Cannon, the animal before the owner. Well, we just heard the trail for it, and yes, Marathon Mania is back. If you think you're up for the challenge, you want to cross that 42-kilometer finish line, Dubai I 103.8 is going to help you to do just that. Not only are we giving you six months of marathon training, but we've also teamed up with Polar Watches and Newton Running Shoes as well to get you geared up in the best training gear around. And we're throwing in free registrations to the standard chartered Dubai Marathon as well. That's a prize worth over 5,000 dirhams. All you need to do is tune into this program, Dubai Today, and Sports to night every evening from 7 p.m. for your chance to cross the marathon finish line. Uh, for details, go to DubaiI1038.com. Uh, this is the Animal House on Dubai today. We've got our experts in the studio and uh, just under 10 minutes uh, to answer as many of your questions as we possibly can. Uh, hopefully on the line we're going to have Tarek. Tarek's got a question for our experts. Tarek, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Hello. What's your question for Todd and Lucinda? Yeah. I've got a German Shepherd who, which I imported from Germany. We want to transport him to Canada, back home to Canada. And uh, I, I've uh, got the vaccination done and the rabies done. I wanted to know what other documentation do I need to do because I will be transferring him, shipping him through Emirates. 
Mm-hmm. Well, so, uh, hi, Tara. Any official documentation? Yeah. Okay. Hi. All right. Well, so the good news is that uh, that relocating uh, your dog to Canada is uh, one of the easiest, simplest, and most straightforward uh, relocations you can choose to do. Uh, I think from the sounds of it, the only other thing that you're going to need to arrange for is an export health certificate. Yep. And you can do that on your own. You would need to go down to the airport to the ministry veterinary section uh, and work with them to get your certificate. That's at Cargo Village? Yeah, that's at Cargo Village at the airport. Yep. Uh, or do, I need to take my, do I need to take my dog? Yeah, I'm, af- I'm, afraid, I'm afraid you will need to take your dog with you and also all of the relevant documentation that you have. The best thing to do would be for you before you go down there though with your dog is make contact with them confirm what needs to be done um, and and if you don't want to do it yourself you can get in touch with any of the many relocation animal relocation companies in Dubai to help you do that and they'll be able to take care of everything on your behalf but of course there would be service fees associated with that not good news then Tarek yeah, nice and easy to do Very but yeah. there's going to be some Canada's, costs involved Canada is a real easy country to, to relocate to in fact Tarek that's great. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Hope that helped. Thanks for listening, Tarek. Uh, lots more questions uh, as well on the text here. Um, question here from um, Evita. says, who are, who are we best to, to contact to adopt a dog? Um, I've heard it's difficult for, for you if you're a working professional and you live in an apartment uh, rather than a villa. Now, I, I, think, I think apartment, and I think maybe not the best environment for a dog, but does it depend on the type of dog, the size of dog? It, it, it does it definitely depends on the type of dog um there's some breeds of dog and sizes of dog that are very very happy in apartments mm-hmm. but it also depends on the time that you have for them you know if you are a working professional and you are out of the house for long periods of time it's not really fair to have a dog because they'll be left alone mm. however some people have people that come in and walk dogs or if they're a couple you know the husband sometimes comes home it's so if you or can daycare yeah if, yes mm-hmm. or daycare for example i mean if you have the, the time and the energy and the inclination to make sure that the animal is n- not left alone for many many hours at a stretch um, then of course you can get a dog in an apartment um, there are there are restrictions on breeds of dogs in Dubai um, and in not terms ev- of what's yeah. allowed in an apartment yeah, in right, an apartment yeah. or not and not all apartment buildings allow pets as yeah. well but smaller breeds of dog dogs um, generally are better for apartments and um, some of the larger breeds that are more docile in nature are, are possible as well mm. so uh, and in terms of adoption agencies I, I do know that you know a lot of them as part of vetting new owners they do ask what your circumstances are and, and yes they are wary of people in apartments A and people they're working all the time B but you just need to um, you know there's plenty of uh, animal welfare agent uh-huh. uh, organizations on social media so you just do a search through that and contact all of them and um, you know I'm sure you will find the right situation but mm. you also need to be sure that you're able to provide the right situation for the dog as well yeah so that those things you know you, you need, you need to dog, consider you know it's, it's important to keep in mind that uh, cats are okay but dogs they, they need they need attention they need uh-huh. company they need things to distract them and interest them one solution might be to get two dogs who really like each other because then they'll be better off if they're alone a lot of the time but yeah you know try try to keep in mind uh whether it's you know whether it's a good idea for the dog mm-hmm. or if it's a good idea for you or yeah, both. Yeah, because it's a lot, of, a lot of work involved yeah. for yeah. you. I mean, you know, Todd, Todd and I live in an apartment and certainly I, I would, wouldn't have a dog in an apartment because yeah. I'm not prepared to go through the effort that's required to take it out all the time, you know. Yeah. So um, it's, it, you, you have to actually consider what it is going to 
uh, mean for you as a person <laughs> as well? <laughs> well, we've been chatting about uh, relocation. That's been one of the themes of the of this uh, program today. And uh, got a question here um, from uh, someone who didn't leave their name. It says we want to bring a pug to the UAE. He's got mm. bad legs, and my wife won't bring him unless he can fly with her in the cabin. Is this possible? It's absolutely, unequivocally, undeniably, non-negotiably not possible. It's not that. <laughs> <No. laughs> they have, they have to come in as cargo. A private jet. No, the, you, unless you were the, Johnny Depp. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, uh, the, look, the laws of this country, as with many other countries, mm. such as the UK and, and South Africa, New Zealand, and so on, the laws of this country are that all animals must arrive as cargo. And that means that they have to travel inside the cargo hold of the plane. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I can say that you know the, to follow up on Lucinda's uh, half joke you 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 could possibly find a way for an exception to be made uh if you had an enormous amount of money connections and power yeah okay yeah. so that's yeah. the only way I, mean, I really I mean, the, 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 it could could be arranged that you go on the same flight as the dog definitely, obviously but definitely the dog would the be flight. in a travel box in the cargo yeah. hold of the plane yeah. and if the animal has got bad legs you know, you can make sure that the box is built mm, properly and yep. it's comfortable. I, you know, yep. it's really it's only I, I, it's only an eight eight or ten hour yeah, stretch. I, mean, I, have, I have to say that that her bigger concern uh, than the legs should be whether or not the pug is overweight because mm-hmm. a lot of pugs and are how it breathes prop- if and it's how a well it breathes yeah. and how how it handles the stress. Yeah. Could they could they knock it out? Could they give it an injection? No, no, no that's really that's really poo pooed. Yeah. 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 yeah, is it? Yeah, yeah. because um, if you sedate animals, you know, uh, you you don't know what is going on on a on a, on a blood pressure level, right. and if they're going up into the air where there's all sorts of pressure change, changes in the cabin pl- uh, in the cargo hold. And they're not monitored or watched. Mm. It's really not advised at all. The airlines actually completely don't want that at all. So yeah, okay. a, there, no. that is only uh, that is only recommended or even allowed in very very rare cases. Okay. All right. Well, listen. Uh, we've been running this. What's the animal? And we gave three clues. Uh, we we're getting lots of uh, guesses through. A couple of a uh, couple more of the wrong guesses that have come through. Uh, it's not a bat, uh, Camlish. It's not a snake. Uh, Reginda said snake as well. Um, uh, Lucinda, what, what was the animal? It's the red back. Spider. Ah, okay. And what can you? We've heard some. We've heard three facts about the the red back. Um, It's not a. It's not a a spider that's native to the UAE, as we heard. Uh, It may have come in from Australia. Interesting. And and uh, is it is it a creature that we want to make a close connection with? No. No. Leave them alone. (laughs) Okay. And and they, you know, if you leave them alone, they'll leave you alone. Yeah. Okay. So. Okay, <laughs> so stay back from the from the uh, from the red back. Yeah. Uh, we need to um, reveal who the winner is of our um, two month supply of uh, Royal Cannon. Shall I spin the wheel? Would you like to? Would you like to spin the wheel? Okay, and the winner is <laughs> seriously. The winner is Nick. Congratulations to Nick. Nick, you get the two month supply of Royal Yay, Nick. Cannon, and uh, the winner of the Iftar is the wonderful. Nadir. Congratulations, Nadir. You get a 500 dirham voucher for the Intercontinental Hotel at Dubai Marina for their mm. iftar. Nice. Um, thanks, guys, for joining us. Thanks uh, pleasure, for as us. always. Thanks to everyone who sent their questions in as well. Uh, you guys are online, aren't you? You've got a website and... Of course, uh, and yeah. Can, the DKC.ae and... Uh, I, yeah. 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 Yes, we are. And um, they can. We can get in touch with you. We can ask more questions. Come in and have a consultation as well with our. With our <laughs> <laughs> animals. Why not? Of course. That's Why right. Not? Okay. That's right. Uh, and we'll, we'll be back next week, I guess. Yeah. Good. Yes. Yeah. Please. Please. 